Sports here live on this Wednesday morning, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan, our Titans reporter for A2ZSports.com. And we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Link to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. And also hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and Threads for more great Titans content. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you. Like Wilson County Hyundai. WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go to make them a part of your new car buying process. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. The Aura app, protecting your information online and get a two-week free trial with our link only, aura.com slash ATOZ. And Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three locations in the mid-state, Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro. They are online at KrebsKubota.com. So Sam, a busy Tuesday after a busy Monday for the Titans. It has been news central this week so far after the Titans losing the crazy overtime game to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Craig Ackerman fired on Monday at the press conference. We get the flurry of injury update news from Mike Vrabel as well, including Derrick Henry not in concussion protocol. Big Jeff going to miss a couple of weeks with a knee injury and Ryan Stonehouse set to have knee surgery with the injuries after the poor job by Craig Ackerman's special teams unit. And then on Tuesday, the Tennessee Titans fire and wave Monty Rice, a 2021 third round draft pick. Uh, And so I I do want to get to this because a a quick super chat says one, uh, a show on Rice. Why? He was never made available. Well, yeah, that's, or he was never available for the, for the team, right? He never really played much, but I think this is an interesting, an interesting uh, situation with Monty Rice and uh, Sam, I'll let you kind of set the table on the temperature, the vibe around the Titans third year linebacker out of Georgia, Monty Rice that led up to what yesterday's cut ended up being. Well, yeah, I mean, for starters, Juan, if you want to know why a show on Monty Rice, I think it's very symbolic of a lot of things that are going on with the Titans right now. And I really do think it's worth diving into because, um, and Austin and I will get into it and give our opinions on it here in a little bit, but like this is the second time now in two weeks that a player has been cut by the Titans and expressed a ton of joy and been like, yo, put on the tape has been pumped up to no longer be a Tennessee Titan. Now, whether that's genuine, disingenuine, I I don't know, but uh, that doesn't really happen uh, around too many NFL organizations. So it is worth discussing just for that reason alone. But number two, uh, as Austin, you're kind of alluding to here, Monty Rice is a, an onion that I think uh, you peel back, layers of the more you look into him the more you dive into him and what he's been with the organization for the last few years I think the more telling maybe more concerning but just certainly the more fascinating things are uh, about this guy this is a guy that obviously wasn't on the field a ton especially at the beginning of the year At the end of last season, Monty Rice was talked about by Titans coaches 
and singled out as somebody who they really, really were optimistic about developing into a player here in here in year three. I think it's a part of the reason they let David Long Jr. walk was, yeah. you know, signing Aziz Alshire, yes, but also belief that Monty Rice could develop into a very good linebacker in their defensive system. That clearly didn't happen. Monty was unavailable for pretty much all of training camp. Um, and at first there was this idea of like, oh, well, it must be injury related. He must just be hurt like that. I, I don't really know what's going on. And the more you dug into what was going on, the more confusing it got. Monty Rice multiple times when asked like why he wasn't around for training camp would answer reporters with a, uh, just, you know, life, man, God. You know, that's just life and God. I've been doing a whole lot of life and God. So it's not injury related, Monty. Just a lot of life and God, man. That's all I like. That's all I'm going to say. That didn't appear to be injured, would pop up in the locker room, wasn't out there, but would be in the weight room. A lot of very confusing stuff. Mm -hmm. And that seemed to be the theme that continued with Monty throughout his Titans tenure. Days he would just not want to talk to the media media would want to speak to him about something positive spin something and he would just say no not interested in that and walk away wouldn't want to talk other days he's all happy and, and you know greeting everybody and wanting to talk i spoke with him just two weeks ago austin because yeah. the titans were starting to build his role on defense a little bit more. He had started to earn back some opportunities. And I kind of skipped over the fact over that whole story that the Titans opted for Jack Gibbons over Monty Rice in their linebacker rotation. Uh, and Monty was like even further below Luke Gifford basically earlier in the year, mm -hmm. based on what we saw in their rotations. But I spoke to him just a couple weeks ago when he started to gain more opportunity. And I'm like, Hey, what's been going right? All this stuff. And his reaction was kind of like, Oh, I see now everybody wants to talk. Now everybody wants to talk to Monty because I'm starting to play well. He was always very rooted in when things were going well, he was great. When things weren't ideal, he completely shut down. Uh, and so it didn't surprise me a ton that when things go about as poorly as they can go, he gets cut from the team and is waived by the Titans that it gets about as bad as it can get for Monty yeah. in terms of his reaction. All right, so here is let's play the video from two weeks ago. You talking to Monty Rice in the locker room uh, after Rabel kind of gave him some props. So uh, Mike singled you out and talked about you just being a guy that has earned a lot of opportunity on defense going forward and taking advantage of your chances. What's gone right for you over the course of the year to, to get to this spot now? Uh, I think I, you know, made some plays on special teams and, uh, you know, that helped build momentum and then I got in on defense and, Tackle the guy with the ball. You always have self-confidence, obviously, but you know to see that paying dividends now and, and to see the coaching staff taking recognition of that, how important is that to you? I mean, it's important. It's very important, but like I said, uh, tackle the guy with the ball and you know just trying to help this team you know, stack some Ws. Curtis says he doesn't like reporters from the start. You kind of kind of see a look when I start asking him a question. He goes, like, kind of looks off like, ugh. Do not want to answer this question right now. And, uh, you know, Monty would warm up the more you would talk to him. Uh, but there was always just this feeling of like, I don't know. 
I was concerned about what was going on with him for, for a lot of the, the year here. And so, uh, yeah. And it was when Vrabel's name was mentioned that, yeah, he kind of goes, Hmm, not, Hmm, not crazy about this question. So I, I don't know what that says, but certainly a lot of, just a lot of confusing stuff surrounding Monty Rice at all times. Yeah. Everybody picked up on that <laughs> like uh jay gave the tie the sigh and the look away like well i did every that video doesn't capture buck and i go up to monty's locker and uh, and i go hey Mo- hey monty you got a minute man this and is before you started recording this is before we record and it, so he he did this thing one time i guess we're just throw, t- throwing out all the stories here but transparency right transparency of-, of what's been going on this time, in, there was a locker room incident last year that John Glennon and I went to talk to Monty Rice. And Austin, you know how this works. Typically, you go up to a guy's locker. You say, hey, you got a minute, man? Now, if they're doing something, they're like, yeah, just just give me a minute. Let me get my uniform on. Let me get my clothes on, whatever yeah. it is. And you're just like, yep, no problem. Monty goes, yep. And we kind of conduct this interview while he's putting his helmet and his uniform on and he's talking into his uniform and into the pads and talking into the helmet and he's, he's tying his shoes and he's, he's kind of answering these questions, but never once did he look at us. Never once did he stop and take a moment to actually speak with us. And he never was like, Hey, can I get a minute to put my cleats on? So that was kind of like, okay, that that's a little weird. Um, this time we're like, hey, Monty, you got a minute right here. You got a minute. He he didn't want to do it at his locker. He kind of like walked us to a separate area of the locker room to like the back corner of the locker room where nobody has a locker to conduct the interview. But when we did that, that's when he goes, oh, I see now. Now y'all want to talk now. You got mm-hmm. and it, like just weird stuff like that, where it was always kind of like you doing all right, man. Like you everything good, you know, yeah. so. That's the vibe. I, I don't know what to make of that. I don't want to say something that I, you know, I don't know anything about, but that was the vibe with Monty consistently. There was always kind of something going on. And now that it kind of bursts, right, with his his him being waved, you see it spill over onto social media. Yeah, and it's uh definitely a strange uh situation uh right there. So uh, I want to get to what my epiphany was before um we started today's show but i do want to talk first about fox's donut den it is the holiday season and you should make fox's donut den a part of your holidays family owned and operated and conveniently located in green hills right next to hillsborough high school they have way more than just donuts they've got muffins pastries and all different types of donuts that are made fresh every day and are absolutely delicious i love fox's donut den uh, seriously, like it's legit. Like you can get that thing fresh out of the air fryer and the deep fryer in the back and with a glaze still cooling right there at Fox's Donut Den. Have friendly and personable folks up there and you oftentimes have people working from Hillsborough High School as well. You can check out all their great merch like t-shirt, keychains, postcards, and kitchen towels. And also make sure, make sure you pick up a gift card for the holidays at Fox's Donut Den. And yep, Jake's uh, Jake Locker's burner, Donut Den, is 1,000% legit. I agree with that. So Fox is Donut Den right next to Hillsborough High School in Green Hills. Today's show powered by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM. And you can get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets when your first bet doesn't win. 
when you sign up and use that bonus code, that first deposit and first bet you make, whatever that amount is, if your bet loses, it goes back into your account in the form of a bonus bet for a second chance to win big. That's the best way to do sports betting is when you can limit your risk and get multiple shots uh, at winning big. So get with the king of sports books, do all your betting with BetMGM and use the bonus code ATOZ Sports. All right. So we are talking about the cut of Monty Rice. We'll talk about the shots that Monty Rice had been taking. Uh, over social media, but it hit me, Sam, that Monty Rice's exit makes a crazy Titans issue look even worse. So I'm just about to list something, and I want you to see if you can pick up the list that I'm going through. Isaiah Wilson, Christian Fulton, Darrington Evans, Caleb Farley, Dylan Radins, Monty Rice, Traylon Burks, Roger McCreary, Nicholas Petit-Frere, Malik Willis. Day one and two draft picks in the last three years of John Robinson. Oh, my God. Like, talk about life and God, man. Good Lord. That is about as bad as it could possibly be. Honestly, it's so bad, it's somewhat getting impressive on how bad it is. Those are first through third round picks of John Robinson's from 2020 to 2022. And hence why the Titans are four and eight. Hence why Rand Carthon couldn't fix this in one off season. Hence why these, this rosters, it that has issues all over the place. Right. And like there's a needs all over the place because when you go three years in a row of missing on all three of your first and second and third round picks, you're going to end up with a bad football team. You cannot augment that in free agency in the trade market. And it is what, I mean, that is what that is, right? Uh, the yeah. draft is the most simple and pure way to look at NFL success and consistency of an organization. Sometimes there's anomalies. The teams that draft well generally do well. The teams that don't draft well generally stink. And the Titans have stunk because they've stunk at drafting recently. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And it thrown in there is the trade of AJ Brown, obviously, uh and, and as well. Um, you know, you had Christian Fulton who's had like the most roller coaster you know, horror ride at any theme park. And then Roger McCurry is like the only guy that's given you consistent production. Uh somebody even said he's got alligator arms and he's the diamond in the rough. And, and so I I'm like so Mike Vrabel was asked Sunday after that Colts game. What is Craig Aukerman's culpability in the bad special teams after Mike Vrabel said it starts and ends with me, right? So now I'm starting to think, what is Mike Vrabel's culpability in the John Robinson draft picks that failed like this? Because I, I'm going to list it again. Isaiah Wilson, Christian Fulton, Darrington Evans, Caleb Farley, Dylan Radins, Monty Rice, Traylon Burks, Roger McCreary, Nicholas Petit-Frere, and Malik Willis. Those are, that's 10 players. 10 and players drafted in the top three rounds three years in a row. And like, you've got Roger McCreary as the best of that so far. Like well, what is Mike Vrabel's like, culpability? Only Christian Fulton and Roger McCreary have even like had significant impact really. I mean, a lot of those guys have been like guys that have 
played part-time, but none of them have been starters other than Fulton and McCreary, really. Like, there's a lot of just irrelevant names right there or guys who are part-time players. And, uh, you know, part-time players are part-time players. You can have a nice NFL career being a, you know, occasional fill-in starter and good backup in the league. But when you're a first three-round draft pick um, and all you're getting is backup caliber players in the first contract, that's not a good sign for a team. Yeah. It, it, some of these guys aren't even backup players, you know? Yeah. And, and as Nate says, the only impact Christian Fulton has is on the injury report, Sam. And there he is again. He's, well, he's been MRI good. I mean, Fulton, as bad as Fulton has been this year, he has been good when healthy in the previous right. seasons prior to 2023. This year has been a train wreck for him. But outside of like the injury, the occasional, like not occasional, like kind of frequent, but like soft tissue problems, Christian Fulton did play a lot of football games as a starting cornerback for the Titans. So he, I would say he had an impact as a starter uh, with Tennessee. Yeah. And so uh, a couple um, uh, comments I, here, Bork. Yeah. You got Borks that you're going to go to. Well, yeah. Borks. And so, yeah, let, these all go together. So we'll just say okay. this. Bork seems, uh, Bork says he seems like another failed personality evaluation uh, from J Rob. Was he drafted the same year as Panda? Um, the personality thing is something that Austin and I were talking about yesterday, right? When you look at Monty Rice coming out of the draft, had three agents before he was even drafted by the Titans. And so you want to look at a guy's personality. You might look at some of the red flags that were attached to him as well of this sort of inconsistent personality. But Trey wants to know why J-Rob was or how J-Rob was so bad and Honestly, Austin, in my opinion, and this is what I've heard, uh, I have heard that John Robinson ignored the advice of his scouts quite frequently. That John Robinson had a level of ego in his drafting that allowed him to, or gave him the confidence to ignore red flags. Mm -hmm. He saw somebody like Caleb Farley that everybody in the NFL was like, mm, mm, injury problems. I don't know. I don't know. Talented kid, but I don't know. John Robinson looked at it and said, I see value there. If he's available, yeah. if he falls, that's value. I think he saw maybe a guy in Monty Rice that a lot of teams were like, don't love the character. Don't love the attitude. There's some red flags here. John Robinson didn't worry about red flags. He tended to bypass those more often than not in the name of getting the best value and with this idea in his head. And quite frankly, because it worked with Jeffrey Simmons, because there were multiple red flags with Jeffrey Simmons coming out of the draft, the Titans bypassed them and it worked. And Jeffrey Simmons became a star and he became a leader and he became a great member of the Nashville community Everything worked with Jeffrey. And Simmons. now Jeffrey Simmons is the Walter Payton man of the year nominee for the Tennessee Titans, right? Like, so and, it, but, it, but, it but it, it was character. It was knee issues. There was a lot, right? And, and the Titans ignored it and it worked. And I think that gave John the confidence to say, Hey, look what happened with Jeff. Look at the player we got in Jeff. And as a result, he was blind to a lot of these red flags and issues that affected some of these guys' careers. 
Yeah. And so on the big Jeff thing, like I, cause I, I, Zach and I talked to somebody that we gained a relationship with at Mississippi state that was around um, Jeff Simmons a lot and, and was within that program day, day in, day out. The Jeffrey Simmons situation when he was a high schooler is something that was horrific. Big Jeff was in the wrong, but the details surrounding the entire situation on both sides were equally horrific. And so and it was personal. It was an attack on Jeffrey Simmons' family, but his reaction was inexcusable, and he paid for that. And I think from what we heard from our uh, connections at Mississippi State, the, the entire time that he was on that campus in Starkville, he was you know, determined to try to do everything he possibly could to get rid of that stink on his perception. And for the most part, he did everything correctly, as far as I can tell. And he's done that uh, once he got to Nashville. And I think Amy Adams Strunk being at the press conference table after he was drafted in the first round in 2019 uh, went a long way to kind of talk about how uh, serious the Titans took that. Um, and Lucas, yes, he was protecting a family member um, as well, who I believe was deceased in, in a way as uh, there was a, it was ugly. So I, I do think that we can excuse that. Right. But the John Robinson thing to go back on what well, you were saying. Well, yeah. Right? But I, my only point with the Jeff thing, just to yeah. clarify, was the fact that like, it was a thing on the radar of many NFL teams as a Hey, let's keep an eye out on this. Like, do how do we feel about this? Potentially, even took him off the draft board of some teams. I, some teams in the NFL have very strict yeah. as far as like, hey, anything that we're a little bit worried about or anything pops up, you're out of the running for us. The Titans, I think, saw through to who Jeff Simmons was, took a chance on him in the draft, had that pay dividends with outside of all of that stuff and injury as well and yeah. knee, knee trouble. And so like that paying off how it did, I think could have potentially impacted the way John approached future drafts of saying, well, I know there's a knee issue here. I know there's a back issue here, but we've seen in the past, the type of value we can get if we like the guy's medicals and ignoring some of the red flags feeling like oh well titan culture is enough to get through to some of these players sometimes it's not jeffrey simmons was a guy was just a good dude a good dude who had some weird situations in the past that clouded people's opinion of him but a good guy some of these dudes aren't built the same way i guess yeah, so I, I want to get to some super chats, some more comments to get to about the uh, and my thoughts on your take on John Robinson and where it went wrong. Going through uh, Monty Rice's exit makes a Titans crazy issue uh, look even worse. But first, Sam, tell everybody about the Bone and Joint Institute. The Bone and Joint Institute. Uh, yeah, maybe Christian Fulton head over to the Bone and Joint Institute. Maybe Caleb <laughs> Farley and some of these graphics head over there. They'll get you guys correct. You don't want to fumble on your recovery. Go to the Bone and Joint Institute located out in Franklin with a state-of-the-art rehab facility for some of the best care possible. Uh, it, it's all a one-stop shop. It's all under one roof, so you're not driving all over Middle Tennessee to go to your different appointments, whether it's clinic, rehab, image, surgery, testing. It's all there at the Bone and Joint Institute. So go visit them in Franklin and schedule an appointment with them at boneandjointtn.org. 
And you can always win big with BetMGM with our bonus code ATOZ Sports. That's ATOZ Sports when you download the BetMGM app and go big on your first bet offer because you get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets uh, if your first bet misses. Also, if you love hockey and you love the National Predators, you're going to love wagering at BetMGM. So you can take advantage of that, that connection with Nashville's hockey team, the Nashville Predators, and BetMGM. So once again, bonus code ATOZ Sports. That's ATOZ Sports to for your first bet offer to get you up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions, subject qualification, eligible requirements. First online rule money wager. Only rule which you should not bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days. And for problem games, called Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. Uh, Sam, we're going to go to some super chats uh, here. Uh, kind of adjusted today's show. We had a question about the Monty Rice uh, social media thing. We can touch on that here in a second. Uh, but uh, super chats. Andre says, uh, we're seeing a pattern with guys leaving and their views, and it's something. Why did some of these guys look good with, with Jim Schwartz and now horrible? So we can take some time now with Andre's super chat and maybe get to our question because maybe Andre actually – um, I think the question's worth asking at this point because Andre's super chat is what that is. So Monty Rice is the second Titan to air dirty laundry after getting cut. Do we think that's a big deal, small deal, or not, or no deal? Because Andre's noting the pattern of guys leaving and their views, and we'll go ahead and show uh, those tweets that Monty Rice has now deleted. Thank God, he said after uh, he was waved and the salute emoji. If you want to know the truth, just cut on the tape since I got here. Hashtag Showtime. So Monty Rice on Twitter next, uh, showcasing those. So big deal, small deal, or no deal that Monty Rice is the second Titan to air the dirty laundry after getting cut. Yeah, the second guy after Jaleel Johnson, and it was very clearly the uh, didn't take any notes, right? Didn't learn anything. Maybe because Jaleel Johnson got brought back onto the 53-man roster anyway, and Monty's like, oh, no consequences for this. I'm going to share how I feel. So, you know, who knows? Uh, But, yeah, when two guys do it, you have to start asking the questions. So big deal, small deal, no deal. Uh, Titans Kyle says small deal. So does Randall. Mark says it's a small deal. Jaron says it's no deal. Nicole says, hey, where there's smoke, there's fire. Stephen King says no deal. Curtis says no deal. He wasn't playing much anyway. Uh, Richie says small deal. Uh, DeMarco says no deal. He wasn't it. And I, I do want to clarify real quick. I'm not sure we're asking it's a it's a no deal or small deal or big deal that Monty Rice is gone and no. saying this stuff. It's right. more of, hey, now two guys on their way out the door have sort of thrown shade at the Titans have been pumped to leave, have been saying, hey, put on the tape, open your eyes, different things of that nature. Does that matter? What does that say? Is that a big deal, a small deal or no deal that these players who are cut are tweeting, thanking the good Lord that they just got cut by the Tennessee Titans? So, And Joel Johnson's was different. Like, Monty Rice made it sound like uh, I'm free, right? (laughs) Finally. I am out of this place that has been holding me back for the last three years. That's what it came sounds like for Monty Rice. Cut on the tape. You'll see the truth. Julia Johnson was like, yo, you cut me. Look at this O-line. D-line ain't the problem. Wrong line. 
O-line the problem. You cut on the tape and look at that, which is true. Like, there's truth. That's not how you handle things. And I, I think there's a different situation. I think Jalil Johnson was cut because of numbers. That's what I. That's what my assumption was. Jalil Johnson is a churning of the back end of the roster week after week in the season that you need an extra body here because of this injury this week. You cut Jalil Johnson. You're probably going to bring him back the P squad or either bring him back uh, after this. Same thing they've been doing all year. <laughs> all year. All year long, right? And so Jalil Johnson felt you know, perturbed at that and said, oh, wrong line. You cut the wrong line. This is, I'm free from Monty Rice. Like this team has been screwing me over for three years. Titan, uh, Titans cow says, man, man, y'all ain't even following him when you see the little follow button pop up. <laughs> I, I took that screenshot from my personal account and uh, I am I not following Monty Rice on Twitter. I mean, and I can I'm, go look and see if the A to Z account is. I, I don't, you know. I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm not following Monty Rice on Twitter. Hilarious. Although I guess if he's sending out, uh, you know, movie theater tweets like that i gotta get my popcorn and smash that notification bell as well and you should be smashing the notification button and the like button on this show while we do it uh nathaniel yep. says small deal dre says big deal uh no deal from tim no deal from guy small from scott small from brad no deal from tighten up big deal from brandon big deal from jay small deal from Devin. small deal from johnny uh so austin what do you think this is? Is this a big deal, small deal, or no deal? Not one, but two Titans kind of throwing some shade at the team on their way out the door. So uh, you got this. You got Andre Bunting also says uh, AJ Woods and David Long Jr. all mentioned things too. True. So, right? That is true. Like More Ma professionally, I mean, uh, David Long maybe a little bit less so, but AJ or Robert Wood specifically a little bit more professional in the way he was like. Well, didn't he say like, I'm free? Didn't didn't Robert oh, did Woods he? say? Yeah, Robert Woods, I think, used the words like, I'm free, free at last or something uh, like that. Uh, see, I was thinking back to Robert Woods being like, I wish they might maybe throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, I was kind of hinting at stuff like that. This, when they cut Robert Woods in March before the salary cap free agency situation, he said something along the, on the, along the lines of like, finally, I'm free. Yeah, then chat's confirming. Devin, Darren, and Deshaun said he did say that. So I guess, yeah, yeah. throw Robert Woods in there as well. AJ's deal, and I saw somebody tweeted at A to Z and, and, and PK was involved in that tweet thread and, and Paul is right responding last night saying that AJ's beef was with John Robinson. Yeah, AJ's beef was with nobody else that's still here because John Robinson traded him away. John Robinson lowballed him on the whatever 16 uh, base up to 20 per year's uh, offer that J that AJ thought was disrespectful. And that whole thing fell apart where the relationship with AJ and Mike Vrabel was strong and apparently still is strong. I would think they still probably communicate as much as people can uh, throughout the season playing for opposite teams. So I, uh, I don't think AJ's as relevant in this. I think David Long Jr. Yeah, I mean, da so Darren says a AJ Brown said in an interview that it wasn't as fun playing in Tennessee as it was in Philly. He said that when Philly was 11 and 0 or whatever they were. Like, of course, he was right. having fun. He just got paid $125 million, had, uh, you know, great, like the best supporting cast around him possible and was for, like undefeated. Look, it's a lot of I fun. I was around, and, yeah, I was around the building when AJ was there. AJ Brown was having fun. AJ Brown was having fun at practice. AJ Brown was having fun uh, doing all the stuff that AJ does. So like he was having fun until he yeah. wasn't. 
and he also was hurt. So, um, and uh, Sheila John Huff says Vrabel said it was a joint decision on the AJ trade. We've been over this a million times. You know, if Mike Vrabel had it his way, AJ Brown would still be wearing number eleven and being paid a lot of money by the Tennessee Titans organization. So that's I do think we can agree on that. Um, so so let's loop in. With Jaleel Johnson, now Monty Rice, I think Robert Woods and David John, uh, David Long Jr., I think those four players all saying something and all having words that are towards the Mike Vrabel side of the, of the uh, organization, right? Like there's a difference in like player personnel, GM stuff, and like coaches. I, I think it's – overall, I think it's a no deal. I'm still – I was going to say no deal before we added Robert Woods and uh, David Long Jr. in there. I think the only player that Titans brass would probably be like, ah, maybe we should have a mulligan on that was David Long Jr. Because that guy's a dog. Like, David Long Jr. is good. He makes plays. They miss him this year, I think, a lot in run and pass coverage. I think if you had Aziz Alshire and David Long Jr. next to each other, and then Jack Gibbons is your third. Okay. I think this Titans inside linebacker group is a lot better. This is the other crazy thing about the Ronnie Rice cut is there's no depth. Like no Luke depth. Gifford, is Luke Gifford their third linebacker now? Like, is he healthy? Has he played this year? He's not that healthy. He keeps he does play, just not much. I mean, he's on special teams, but he always is popping up on an injury report. I, I don't think I've ever noticed the last name Gifford on the back of his jersey flash across my TV screen. Well, he doesn't play TV. defense. That's the thing. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think I've noticed Luke Gifford one iota. And so they cut Monty Rice after nothing's – I heard Ramon Foster on 104.5 The Zone say that this morning. Uh, they, they cut Monty Rice and nothing – significant stood out nothing that was noticed outside of the facility that we all can point to and like that's the reason right craig Ackerman gets fired on monday obviously there's things to a list uh to write about why there was no arrest there was no blatant mistake on the field there's no overall like bad performance there's no blow up that was visible it's and just, just two weeks ago they're talking about how much he's sort of improved right and how much he's earned so it does yeah that's why i find this press conference that we're gonna get uh interesting from mike Vrabel today. later today because like we need some answers about like why right like i think titans fans are interested in knowing just as darren points out you don't have depth at the position. You were using this guy and po pretty positive. You're four and eight. So it's not like there's a sense of like urgency to, to whatever. So why I'm, could there be something more here of Monty asking out or the Titan, you know, there being an attitude problem there uh, being a locker room problem. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Based on, his, based on his tweets, he didn't ask out I, based on this. Like, I mean, true, maybe, true. I mean, honestly, you could read, the, if you want to know the truth, just cut on the tape since I got here. And thank God. Like, I, honestly, actually, I, I kind of take that back. Maybe did he ask out? Like, are those tweets that could be shown with asking out? But I, I think if, if a player asks for their release, they share that, right? I, I would imagine so. And you don't delete it. Remember, these were deleted as well. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Uh, I mean, they needed to clear a roster spot. They'll probably sign a punter this morning. Um, so that is probably seven guys. They worked out yesterday. Yeah. That that's probably coming, but you know, they needed so, a roster spot, but why at linebacker? Why not? I say no deal, right? If we want to go Robert Woods, David Long Jr., Jalil Johnson, and now Monty Rice, who have all exited and left that were not their decisions to leave. Yeah. And they had something to say about the organization. David Long Jr. is the only one that I feel like is a mistake. And... I just think it's a nothing burger. I I, I think it's Jaleel Johnson's back, right? Like he is back. Clearly that's water under the bridge. Robert Woods could not. He stinks. I mean, he was yeah, just, he's, he's, he's not good. He's too old. I, I liked Robert Woods. He was a fun guy to talk to, but like he, he's not the same player he used to be. Um, and I think there might've been a little bit of excuse making on his part at some point about like, well, this offense, this offense, this offense. And you know, it's even not when he was out. thrown to like how many times did he fall down on a third down route where the ball was thrown to him and he couldn't figure out how yeah. to stand up. So I think this is a small deal. Um, and okay. I, I don't think it's a Mike Vrabel thing. I don't think it's a culture problem. As Ben says here, um, I do think Mike Vrabel does have a culture, a very strong culture. He is a player's coach, but when you play for the Tennessee Titans and you play for Mike Vrabel, you have to be able to buy in to the group mentality that he is preaching. If you're not buying in, you're probably not going to succeed there, and you're probably not going to be very happy. It, it requires a level of buy-in from the players. But the reason I think this is a small deal, it does make me question some of the evaluation of the talent that you bring in, because if you are going to be such a culture heavy coach, Mike Vrabel is a very culture heavy coach where he unlike like more so than other NFL coaches relies on the things we preach, the things we value, like the way that we do business here and the way that we play football here. If you're going to be that guy, I think you need to also be, able to evaluate talent and character that fits into your locker room. So I do have some concern, not a ton of concern because for mm -hmm. the most part, Sean Murphy bunting, Aziz Alshire, a lot of these additions, Daniel Brunskill, these are high character guys that really fit into the culture of the Titans locker room and do a really good job. Arden key guys that have just been fully embraced by their teammates, but I have a small bit, this is why it's a small deal, small bit of like, what are we doing drafting a Monty Rice? What are we doing signing an Andre Dillard or, a, you know, a, a Jaleel Johnson? Like, you have to yeah. know who's going to respond to frustration in a way that is toxic to your team environment. That being said, uh, you know, one small guy who doesn't buy, like, Mike Vrabel's whole philosophy has been that the group and the group mentality is bigger and greater than one individual player. And yeah. so if most guys are bought into that, the thoughts and the dissension uh, of one individual player is rather minute. So, All right, so I want to get some more chat comments because there's some super chats. There's a, another interesting question that uh, Ryan just dropped in there, and then there's a shot taken at us. Uh, so that could be spicy. Uh -oh. So we'll get to those comments. <laughs> but first, 
Let me tell you guys about Krebs Kubota, Middle Tennessee's preferred equipment provider, an elite Kubota dealer with three locations across Middle Tennessee, Columbia, Franklin, Murfreesboro. They're an elite Kubota dealer, which means they have the best equipment in the industry with the line of Kubota equipment. They also have the best warranties. So when something breaks, something needs a little bit of fix or repair, maybe you need a new part here and there. That's where Kubota comes in to help you out. And Krebs Kubota has the direct line to Kubota for the best warranties for your equipment possible. And, and also family owned and operated for over 18 years. I've told the story about Krebs Kubota. They thrive on customer service. How good are they at customer service? Good enough to start in Columbia over 18 years ago. And now they have Franklin and Murfreesboro on top of it. So get all of your equipment where you should go. KrebsKubota.com. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM, and you can get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if that first bet doesn't win. Whatever that wager is, whatever that amount is, it goes back into your account in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win, and you get a second chance to win big. That is the BetMGM way. So when you're getting a sports book, sign up with BetMGM and use the bonus code ATOZ Sports. All right, so uh, some super chats before we move on to a good question and a shot at A to Z. Amnesia says, on the flip side, though, Sam, the Titans did make the AFC Championship and the one seed under J-Rob. He at least had some luck about his job. He no, look, I, I think He was good for I think a there's, while. <laughs> there's two eras of John Robinson. Yeah. There is 2016 through 2019. Then there is 2020 through 2022. Those are the two. Ironically, they're like, equally in time, right? Of like three and a half years to three years or so. Because in 2016 through 2019, he built a roster and made moves. They were able to go to the AFC title game, win back-to-back divisions, and then he got cocky. I think his ego came into play. Look, I like John Robinson, the person. He's a super nice guy. He treated A to Z with respect, allowed us to cover his team. And at times, apparently, watched our shows from what we've been told. So I like J-Rob. He's a fun person. But did his ego get involved? Did he get a little cocky, feeling himself a little bit? Probably. It makes a lot of sense that that could happen when you have the success like he did. Remember, he did draft Derrick Henry. He did draft Kevin Byard. He extended Jarrell Casey, Taylor Lewan, Kevin Byard again. He, he did a lot. Jeffrey Simmons. He drafted A.J. Brown, and it was great until it was not. He traded for Ryan Tannehill for Marcus Mariota insurance that worked out great until now. <laughs> and so I think there's a lot of very good about John Robinson. And I feel like Titans fans, it's fair to have a, 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 a bad taste about how it ended and, and how it might have cost you the AJ window. But I also don't think Titans fans should be too bitter about the J- John Robinson ex- experience overall because as Mr. Jones has pointed out, factually correct, John Robinson never had a losing record as the Titans GM. He came in off of them being 5-27 and in back-to-back years, and he left before the wheels completely fell off on the record column uh, uh, last year. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it, I don't know, it's kind of the, the tale that happens in sports far too often, right? Which is the, the end tenure of a coach, an athlete, an executive, you're remembered for how things end. And if you don't go out on top, uh, there can always be a, a bitter taste in the mouth of a fan base of the, the league in general. 
Um, and John Robinson, I think to Titans fans is remembered for those last three years right now where things started to unravel. Um, he did do a lot of good as well. And, and yeah. so the, Still that, fresh. it's kind of a, yeah, it's a yeah. double-sided right. coin there. Andre says this roster and coaches, why I knew this team was destined for a bad year. You can't convince me Vrabel didn't play a role in these drafts either. That's kind of what I say. Like, what's the culpability? Yeah. I'll, I'll go through it again. Uh, if it, it's, it's painful, but I'll list it again. The top three round draft picks from 2020 to 2022, Isaiah Wilson, Christian Fulton, Darrington Evans, Caleb Farley, Dylan Radins, Monty Rice. I, I did leave out Elijah Molden on accident in that pick. He was technically third round after Monty Rice. And then Traylon Burks, Roger McCreary, Nicholas Petit Frere, and Malik Willis. I'll even say this. I can remove Elijah Molden from it uh, like I initially did. All of those picks were top 90 picks. Top 90 picks. Yeah. Like Monty Rice, Darrington Evans, and Malik Willis were all picks in the 80s. So top 90 selections that got nothing for this organization outside of Roger McCreary looking like he's a good spot for the nickel moving forward. Yeah, and I mean, top 90 picks, you're looking for starters, point blank. I mean, you're not necessarily always looking for guys that are going to get second contracts and be all pros and stars, right? But you are looking for contributors and starters to your football team when you're looking at top 90 picks in the NFL draft. Yeah. And now, and people are you know laughing at my bringing up of Elijah Molden. Elijah Molden is, I think, currently a positive in that group of 11 players. I mean, maybe in that group, but that's a. Yeah. But like in, you know, Molden's not a safety. They've moved like yeah. what, what that position is fact. Or, or yeah. Elijah Molden is not a safety. And that, he's that, having to play safety. Yeah. Well, he's not playing very well. At safety. Right, for sure. So, look, it, I'm not out on Elijah Molden's like long term future. I think he's been in a weird spot over the first couple of years. But anyway, all right. So, uh, Ryan Kennedy brings up a good question here. Uh, and then I'll get to the shot taken at us <laughs> uh, from earlier. Ryan says, Here's my question Does the talent of a player get overlooked for the character of a player? Does he have to buy in in order for him to play? Vrabel is in my way, is my way or the highway type of coach. So I think there's a lot of stuff here from, from Ryan. Talent does supersede bad character when the talent is literally elite. But you have yeah. to be elite. And well, I, I think it depends how bad the character is. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the sliding scale. What is it? The uh, How I Met Your Mother, uh, the, the scale of like, the crazy scale, like you have to have, you have yeah. to go that line that, that, uh, what's his name? Damn it. Now I'm going to forget the character's name, uh, Barney. played by, uh, Barney. What? Barney. That is that is it character? Barney? Yeah. I think it yeah. is Barney. Yeah. Uh, played Seems by like Neil, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. So that, that's, that's what it is. It's that same line, right? Yeah. Same line of, you know, you have to equal, uh, how on the field for what your headache is off of it. Yeah. I mean, there, there are certain Arnie examples. Stinson, thank God. Man. Yeah. Certain examples uh, where yeah, obviously the goal is always to find balance in that. Right. And, and so I think a good example of that is honestly a guy like Will Levis, a guy who uh, the Titans probably liked his talent a good bit. I don't think they 
liked his talent more than CJ Stroud, but I think they liked his talent a good bit. But one of the biggest things that uh, I know Mike Vrabel loves about Will Levis is his character, is his demeanor, is the way that he carries himself as a teammate and the way he's willing to put his body on the line and go all out. And um, it sends a really good message to the rest of the roster. When you have a coach like Mike Vrabel with the type of tough mentality, aggressive mentality uh, that really puts a lot of weight on the culture of the locker room. Having a quarterback like Will Levis with his demeanor is important. And I think that's something the Titans considered. And that was an example where they're like, talent is pretty high. Characters really high. This is a guy who we value really high because of it. And maybe you know, maybe you can't say that about every other quarterback that, you know, they might've loved the talent and not loved the makeup quite as much. All right. So uh, Sam, you ready for this shot? Taking at us. Sure. This happened early, early, early in the show. John Domes says eight of these sports, Nashville, just change your name to TMZ sports. Since your main objective is to stir up BS within the Titans community, every chance you get. Oh man, I and I doubt John Domes is still what do you have watching. Issue with? I don't know. Like this was like within the first couple of minutes of the show. And maybe it's because I titled the show Monty Rice's Exit Makes Crazy Titans Issue Look Even Worse. Like maybe that's because it, but was I wrong? Was I wrong when I stated the the 10 top 90 draft picks from 2020 to 2022 that have all like minus Roger McCreary not worked out? They got a 10% success rate, 10% okay rate with their top 90 picks the last three, uh, three years, not counting this. And yeah, so, I, like, look, I, I like, just want to know what he, I want to know what he viewed as the BS. That's look, my biggest. People, people think people think because I'm good at headlines and because we preach good quality headlines that make you click because they're good. Uh, they think that we're just trying to stir stuff up. I think the show we've had today has been pretty informative. I think, Sam, you've done a good job of kind of opening up the locker room doors and taking us through the Money Rice experience the last little bit. We've talked about uh, the the players who have had things to say about Mike Vrabel and the Titans that have left. I called it a no deal. You said it's a small deal. So it's definitely not a big deal. We're not stirring up BS. We're just giving you guys the reality of what we've been doing the last seven years. And Again, John Domes. I've been, this is a year 11, year 11 that I've been around for this team. And Brian it. also says the team is four and eight. And you got to talk about the reality of the situation yeah. with the team, which is that there's not a ton of great football to talk about, but there is some stuff brewing behind the scenes. And so we're going to talk about that. And uh, like this comment from Andre says, John Dome sounds like he got dropped on his dome a few times and he's had John some, uh, Domes is a good name. I, I John Domes is a very it's a good it's, name. it's a fake name. That has to be uh, a fake name. I don't know. it's kind of cool. That's a it's hilarious like name. name, but that feels yeah. like the name you make up when you're like in third grade and you got a substitute teacher and you're like like I'm gonna make her read my name on the like the, on the the chart and you fill it out. Yeah. Uh Eric Toff says Austin needs to do a daily affirmations at the end of the show. We had a fine show today. I'm good enough. I'm smart <laughs> enough. People like us. That I forget what that's from. Oh, uh, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. Doggone it! People like us. What is that? From? People like me. People like me. Who is that from? Tell me. What is that from? 
Somebody <laughs> help me. SNL. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. SNL. That's uh, uh, is it the Peyton Manning skit or Eli Manning skit? What? I thought it was, I also thought it was planes, trains, and automobiles. I'm not going to lie. Maybe that's it too. Stewart's, I, that, I, I, okay. I'm surprised by the SNL. Cause I'm pretty sure that oh, man, like I can't, I, I'm, uh, you know, sometimes you have the fog brain that doesn't land things that happened a while ago, but yeah, very, Wait, very we, good. Can we actually get a clarification here? Cause I just watched planes, trains, and automobiles with my parents over Thanksgiving. I thought it was planes, trains, and automobiles that this is from, but is it Al from Franken, SNL? SNL? Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. I I know. Yep. Yeah, I know exactly. It, it's both. I think it's a, I think okay. SNL made it off of. All right. Planes, trains, and automobiles first. SNL played off of it. Uh, okay, that sure. makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, I was gonna say Steve, Michael yeah. Jordan. Michael Jordan is who said it. That's what it was. Michael Jordan said it on SNL. Yeah, I've definitely only seen the Steve Martin John Candy interact interaction for that. So, uh, have not seen Michael <laughs> Jordan say that before. He's my MJ said it on SNL. I remember it now. I, I I'm in there now. All right, cool. Uh, so let's go ahead and get to uh, a quick conversation, Sam, uh, before we get to trivia. Or you just want to do take. trivia? I, got, I just got a take. I got to rattle off here. Take. About. I got has two, a take. couple takes. All right. Sam has a take. He's got to get off his chest. But I'll tell you guys about Farm Bureau Health Plans. I know this about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Uh, they've been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years uh, across the entire state, giving you better health coverage options across the board, health, dental, and vision. Start your process at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. They truly do a phenomenal job. Zach Bingham is a great example of that. Uh, he was out there on his own, uh, having to find his own health coverage on the marketplace. Went to Farm Bureau Health Plans, saved 20% every month on his coverage, and actually got better coverage. He actually got the ability to uh, get his teeth cleaned multiple times a year because of what Farm Bureau Health Plans was able to provide and didn't have to spend out of pocket for it. Same thing with vision all across the board. If you need better coverage, no matter if whatever stage of life you're in, whether you're out there on your own, uh, maybe you're an entrepreneur, independent contractor, you need that health coverage, you have a growing family, whatever it might be, fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Today's show powered by BetMGM, the king of sports books. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM and get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Uh, that's the best way to do sports betting when you can win big with BetMGM a second time if your first bet doesn't win. Bonus code ATOZ Sports with the king of sports books, BetMGM.com. All right, before you get to your take, I do have some updated news. Uh, this is per Aaron Wilson, who covers the NFL out of Houston. Titan signed punter. Ty Zentner to the practice squad following a successful workout. You're talking about John Domes being a fake name. Ty Zentner uh, might be a fake name too. So that's coming from Aaron Wilson. Zentner. Yep. Ty Zentner. So we can uh, look that up after the show here, but Sam, do you have a take for when it comes to the MVP conversation? I have. Yeah. I got a couple takes here. So here is okay. the current, we were talking about MGM, right? Here's the BetMGM current betting odds for the AP MVP. You see Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy currently tied as the favorites for the NFL MVP award. Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Tua Bailoa, Lamar Jackson, Tyreek Hill. Now, this is an interesting year, Austin, because I think this is probably the first time in a long time that I can remember that... Uh, Nobody is really running away with this thing. Mm -hmm. The quarterbacks 
all kind of have a flaw that you can point to. Patrick Mahomes is not playing great football right now. Um, and Darren says, how, how is CMC not on the list? I believe he was just like the next person off, but there was a significant drop in odds. Right. Um, Patrick Mahomes is not playing great football. I don't think Jalen Hurts is really playing great football considering the situation that he's in. Um, Brock Purdy, you point to the weapons. You say anybody can succeed in that system. Same thing with Tua. Dak Prescott, I think, has been playing MVP football for the past five or six weeks. And there is, uh, I think if you're going to give it to a quarterback, I think Dak Prescott is the guy who deserves the MVP award right now. Um, but the first six weeks or so, he was not that guy. And, and mm -hmm. so there's some level of inconsistency there, and his numbers kind of fall in line with Jalen Hurts and uh, even Josh Allen, right? Like they all kind of have similar stats. But in the year that no quarterback is running away with this award, that is the year that a quarterback should not win this award. Because you talk about some of these quarterbacks, you talk about their weapons. You talk about coach of the year. You're like, well, but look at all the talent that they've got that they're working with, right? That's why Mike McDaniel can't win coach of the year for the Dolphins this year. And it's exactly why Tyree Kill is the NFL MVP this mm. year. And I, I am shocked that a couple people in the chat actually agree with me because I haven't seen this going out there. Nick Suss first pointed me in this direction when we were having a conversation in the Titans media, and we really started to dive into the advanced numbers about Tyree Kill's impact on the Dolphins' offense. This is a guy who is on pace for over 100 catches, 2,000 yards, and maybe 20 touchdowns. He is averaging over 120 yards per game, and he does it so effortlessly. The yeah. way he just takes over games. He is automatic offense for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, 60 yard touchdown is going to happen each and every week. And so in a world where no quarterback has asserted themselves consistently as the best player on the field, every single time you watch a Miami Dolphins game, you know who the best player on the field is. And I think right now he is absolutely the most valuable player in the league. I don't know where the Dolphins are without Tyreek Hill in their offense. Yeah, I think um, Tyreek Hill is in a similar situation as Derrick Henry was in 2020. Derrick Henry had the fifth best rushing season of any running back in NFL history. But right? the Derrick Henry issue as running back, I, why, I think there's a difference because Derrick Henry had the yards, but he didn't have the efficiency. Just because the, there were so many carries... Oh. No, his 2000 yard season, he was not well that he over was five yards a carry. but it, it wasn't like he I was disagree. averaging five I, I disagree. Yards a carry. I, and I remember back in when Zach and I were doing these, Derrick Henry should win the MVP shows, or what has to happen for Derrick to get the MVP. He came up short, like he got 2000 yards. That I believe it was three things that the, that the Titans needed for Henry to get the MVP over Aaron Rodgers. It was obviously 2000 yard season. I said he needed 20 touchdowns rushing that year and that the Titans had to be the one or two seed in the AFC. He only one of those things happened. Yeah. I believe he had 18 touchdowns. The Titans lost on Sunday night football in the snow in green Bay to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And Derek did not have a game, a good game that night. And Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. It was late in the season. It was that's, 
and that's the, the, the thing. Derek didn't get the MVP. I thought he could have. Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs that year, and his 2020 year wasn't as good as 2019 year. I think for Tyreek Hill to win Austin, the MVP. I just pulled up the numbers. I mean, he was way better. Uh, all right, are you talking about 2021 season or 2020 2020. Season? 2020. Well, that was when, the first of back-to-back MVPs for Aaron Rodgers. He won it in oh, 2020 it? and in 2021. And he, the Packers no, 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 went 13. Time out, time out, time out. Because the 2021 MVP is the 2020 season. The, I'm looking at his 2020 season. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, 2020 season. Packers went 13 and three. He threw 48 touchdowns and five picks. Man's the MVP. Way over Derrick Henry by a mile. Not close. Right. And and what I'm what I'm saying is like where Derrick lost it was because the Packers beat the Titans head to head late in the year. And if Derrick would have had 150 yards and three touchdowns in Green Bay to beat the Packers. Now that's going to maybe edge him a little bit. Maybe it's more of a conversation, but a quarterback goes for 48 and five and leads their team to 13 and three. It doesn't matter what a running regardless, back does, especially regardless. on that level of workload. The The point is there's nobody doing that this year in the NFL. No, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Is that picture. explosive, more explosive than Derrick Henry. When what has to happen for the Dolphins is the Dolphins need to get the one seed in the AFC. Perhaps. If Tyree Kill goes for 2,000 plus. Regardless though. But if if Tyree Kill has two thousand yards receiving, which would set the NFL record for most receiving yards in a season, now that's with seventeen games where Calvin Johnson has it in just sixteen games. Then I, I and the one hundred yards though, like <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, but but then the Dolphins need the one seed. Then Tyree Kill should get it. I, I agree with you. But Dak Prescott also having a very deserving year. All right, let's uh let's move on to trivia. Uh, Sam, uh, sports we'll, trivia here. Yeah, we'll have to save just for a little tease for everybody out there. Friday, I'm just yeah. gonna let you know right now, Austin. We're doing a, we're doing Sam's college football take. We're we're, we're we're doing this Friday. I got. I was looking forward to talking about it. I was kind of hoping I'd be on the show Monday a little bit just so I could talk about it. But we're doing it Friday. So, uh, you guys know, anytime I get into college football, things get a little controversial here. You know, mm-hmm. we, you know, I, I usually like to upset some people, so it's coming and it's going to be right. controversial as ever. We can so. do it on Friday. Uh, we'll just ruin good news with Sam's controversy, but time for sports. All out to our friends at Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process. It's the right time to get a new ride and Wilson County Hyundai is the right place to do it in Lebanon. So you don't pay those downtown prices online wilsoncountyhyundai.com sam are you ready i will be momentarily all right so you're not ready yet so just give me the okay and we'll hit the i am ready let's go all right trivia time here on a tuesday so all right sam we've got our nine categories on the grid uh i pick the first category i see somebody from the chat who picks the second category so let's uh Bring us, I need, a, I need a category from the chat, but I will start us off with cars. All right, cars. Introduced in 2018 as a replacement for the Santa Fe XL. What car company produces the three-row SUV known as the Palisade? Oh, how about that? Talk you about our friends at Wilson, at Wilson County Hyundai. That would be the Hyundai Palisade. That goes beautifully into our, uh, our friends for Wilson County Hyundai. The Hyundai Palisade is sick. 
like back early A to Z, uh, Zach and I did uh, live shows on in the mornings from a Hyundai Palisade. Hyundai Palisade. I'm just going to go ahead and rattle that off there because uh, we love Wilson County Hyundai. So bang, bang. bang. All right, the next category I saw somebody come in wanted music. All right, straight to music. Here we go. Since 1999, Jared Leto has been the lead singer and guitarist for what band? I do know this one. I learned this recently. I'm pumped about this. Jared Leto, the actor. You're familiar with Jared Leto, are you, Austin? Uh, I'm pretty sure I know that. Actually, I don't think I know this. Do you know who Jared Leto is, the actor? Yes. Okay. Wait, he was a he was a singer. He is a singer and an actor. Oh, I know. I, I knew. I know him as the Joker. Um, yeah, most people movies. do know him as the Joker, but he is also the lead singer of the band Thirty Seconds to Mars, as oh, wow. American Toff and Jay and Matt are all. Lots on. of people got that. Good band. Uh, some good music. So. Yes. Third. Yeah, there we go. There Got to type okay. it out. All, All right. right. Next, uh, yeah, and his I saw, as Michael points out, his brother is the drummer of that band. Oh, interesting. Uh, the next category from the chat, movies. Movies, movies, movies. Along with notable roles in The House Bunny and Just Friends, this actress played lead character Sim- Cindy Campbell in the first four <laughs> scary movie films. So I have not seen any of these films, so I have no oh, idea. Gosh. What's her name? She's like the blonde, uh, like comedy, like, oh yes. Thank you, Matt. Anna Ferris or Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris. Um, yeah. I couldn't. I have not seen a single her. movie on this list. I'm not really a comedy movie guy in general, and I'm even less of a scary movie guy in general. So a I'm scary like, movie is a comedy movie. Yeah. But like, it's like it scary movie. Maybe the chat likes this. It it looks like from what I've seen, the worst movie that like for me personally, for what I like, it's like so not up my alley. Um, So have not seen that at all. Anna Ferris yes. is correct, though. Um, And we are three for three. All right. I'm going to pick one. OK. And I'm going to go with MLB because of course I've been living the MLB life. I, Hey, I have been, and I've been enjoying every bit of it. Lou Pinella's first managerial job was with this National League team, final net managerial job, National League team from 07 to 2010, leading them to two postseason appearances. I do know this one, um, and I will wait to see if anybody in the chat or you all know this one. When did Lou Pinella end? Where did he end? I was thinking either the Rays or the Cubs. Well, the I Rays see- are American League. Oh, well, see, that's my problem. I I can't keep AL and NL straight. Um, so I see Cubs, um, Phillies, Reds are being – Cubs is by far the most popular. Mets, also, Cardinals, Reds. Um, Lou Pinella, the famous manager of the Seattle Mariners, did finish with the Chicago Cubs uh, and right. had some excellent, excellent – that was peak – Managers throwing a tantrum on the field. <laughs> Lou Pinella with the Cubs was yeah. one of one in that. Like throwing bases, kicking stuff over. That was it was top tier. No uh, doubt. Snacks okay. and candy, the next category from the chat. Snacks and candy. Since 2015, late night hosts Jimmy Fallon and Stephen Colbert have collaborated with what ice cream brand for their own personalized flavors. I had some of it. 
Is it maybe a weeks ago? Is it so you know it? Give me a second. Is it? And I think it might. Yeah, it is Ben and Jerry's. Okay. Because well, I, I had. I'm trying to remember whose I had. I think I had Colbert's Ben and Jerry's. I enjoyed it. Right. Yes, Ben, ben and Jerry's I, is correct. I wouldn't have never known that. I don't. I don't eat Ben and Jerry's very often. But uh, all right, good for them for having their own flavor. That's interesting. That's such you ready a weird... for celebrity mashup. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, okay, I've got the inside. I know the inside. The outside is confusing me a is little this bit. Two guys, or is this? It's going to be two guys. The inside is Matt LeBlanc. Yep. From Friends. And let, let me zoom in here. So the inside is definitely Matt LeBlanc. No doubt. Because I was thinking Ellen DeGeneres for a second. No. That's not. Too, that's too wide. The hair is neck. not. And like the yeah. chin is not. That guy's got a beard. Like, or stubble at least. Um, is it, it's not DiCaprio. No, that's it, not the right hair color. The guy that I, there's a guy who I'm seeing. People are saying Robert Redford. Owen, it could be Owen Wilson. I don't think it's Owen Wilson. I, uh, the hair obviously triggers. Here's the funny thing. It could be Owen Wilson, but we don't know because you don't, his, the nose isn't there to throw it all off. It's, I don't think that's Owen Wilson's chin. Uh, who is Robert Redford, Devin? Because there's a guy that I'm picturing, but I don't know his name on the outside. And it's a guy who has been in a lot of movies, including um, uh, uh, what is it? The, the Power Natural. of the Dog. He was in Power of the Dog. Oh, the Natural's actually good, though. I, I think that actually could be. Who, is that who that is? I Robert Redford's just a name that I know, and I I can't He's picture older, his face. Though. Damn, this is tough. Paul uh, Newman is who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Man, I don't I'm think it's stumped. Macaulay Culkin either. I no. think it, this might be Robert Redford. If, I, is if it Rob, Brad Pitt? No, not Brad Pitt's hair. Do you want to go Robert Redford? I think we should go Robert Redford and Matt LeBlanc. Okay, let's give it a shot. Is that chat? Do we do we do we like that? I think I like that. The it chat is kind of. It could just be somebody I don't know. So, all right, let's do that. Uh, Matt let's LeBlanc, we know. Yep. And Robert Redford. Incorrect. Oh. LeBlanc is right. Redford is wrong. Um. Oh. All right, so we're incorrect we'll there. Television, Following the Walking Dead. John Bernthal played the lead character in this Marvel Netflix series from 17 to 19. I don't know. I don't watch Marvel stuff, um, but I'm sure chat will be on it here in about five seconds. Punisher. Mm. Is that the answer from American Toff first again? American, yep, Toff Punisher. Has, American Toff has had a day today. American Toff has been quick in the chat with some of these answers. College football during the 2017 season, this University of Central Florida uh, capped off a 13-0 year by defeating what SEC school in the Peach Bowl? Peach Bowl, Peach Bowl. I know this, I think. You I do? It's, I think it's Auburn. I was, I was thinking Auburn as well. 
I don't know why I know that because I'm not really a college football guy. I'm pretty but sure I it's Auburn. I remember them beating Auburn because Auburn was top 10 that year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Auburn. And the chat has some Auburn guesses. There's some Georges and Ole Miss, but I'm pretty sure Auburn's it. I'm I'm proud of myself for that one. That was not a that's not yeah. a question that I is normally up my alley. Uh, NFL. This wide receiver played for the Bengals from 01 to 08 and had five receipt five seasons with 900 yards uh, and 